Our text for today is from the Gospel of Mark, the 12th chapter, beginning with the 41st verse and reading through the 44th. And we are talking about investing our money. Last week we talked about investing our life and how our life is God's gift to us and what we do with our life is our gift to God. And then today, as we move on our prayerful journey toward October 27th and our commitment day, think about the opportunity God gives us <clears throat> through our opportunity to give. Would you stand with me as we hear these words probably familiar to you? A little story that tells us a lot about giving. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. When I was a pastor in uh, Louisiana, uh, I had a good friend and colleague who was pastor of the Welsh United Methodist Church. You know where Welsh is? Over by Lake Charles. And uh, she uh, passed away, and I was heading to that church to attend her funeral. And I'd never been to Welsh, and so I planned my time to get there about an hour before the service started so that uh, I could find the church and then I could go find something to eat because that's what I do. I wanted to go find something to eat. And I knew I'd have to rush back to get to something at church and so I wouldn't have time afterwards. So I found the church and then I drove around the little town and found this restaurant called The Cajun Tail, T-A-L-E. And I thought, this has got to be good. So I stopped in this little restaurant. And I'm sitting there at the table and I'm reading my placemat, which was extolling all the reasons I should want to live in Jefferson Davis Parish over there. And uh, two men come in and of all the tables that were open, they sat right next to me. We were almost like at the same table. And one was 40s, maybe 50. The other one was maybe 70 or so. And I could tell by the way they were relating to each other that uh, assumed that it was father and adult son. And the father was kind of a rumpled guy, kind of wild hair and clothes were kind of wrinkled and his face showed years of hard work in the South Louisiana sun. And they sat down. Well, we placed our orders and they brought our food and the older of the two men, it was just like that scene in What About Bob where he's eating the meal and everything is so good he's just mmm, 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 nobody else at the table can eat. You ever seen that movie? Well this guy, he's enjoying his meal and I'm enjoying how much he's enjoying the moment of his life. He is living in the moment and the younger man gets up and leaves the table for a while, that didn't change anything. He's sitting there by himself. Mmm, Oh, mm, this is great. 
And I'm just having a ball listening to this guy and eating my food. Well, the young man comes back, and they talk for a little while, and then the conversation turns serious, and the older man turned philosophical with this question. He asked his son, well, how much money do you really need? Well, I quit eating and just started eavesdropping at that point. I wanted to hear what this man had to say. And they went back and forth a little bit. And finally, the, the old man said, here, look, let me just tell you, just this week, one night I was at a wedding, a big celebration with family and friends and neighbors. Another night, I went out dancing. Another night, I stayed up till the wee hours of the morning playing cards with my buddies. And last night, I was kind of tired, so I just went to bed early and watched a little TV. And he asked his son, when you have all that, what else do you need? And I have to admit, neither the son nor the eavesdropper could come up with an answer very quickly. When you have all that, what do you need? Well, we all know money is important to us. We work hard for the money, and we do our best to make the most of our money, and we plan in hopes that our money will last as long as we do. Money determines to a large extent our lifestyle. Money is an important issue in our lives. And because it is such an important issue, Jesus talks a lot in the Gospels about money and about possessions and about our relationship to those things. Because Jesus knew that our relationship to our things, our stuff, our money, reveals to ourselves a lot about our relationship to God. I think all of us like to play the what-if game every now and then. I know I do. What if I won the lottery? Of course, you'd have to play to win, so my odds are pretty low because I don't play. What if I won the lottery? What if I won the Powerball? What if that uh, publisher's clearinghouse group with the big check knocked on my door? What if I invented the next big thing and struck it rich? What if? What would I do? What would I buy? What would I invest in? But as a disciple, I know what we all know, that the question isn't what we would do if. The question for our life is, what do we do now? (laughs) What are we doing with what God has blessed us with? How are we investing our money? What are we doing with our life? Are we investing in things that have eternal value? That's the real question for disciples. Well, this story in Mark is an interesting one. It describes a scene in the temple that would be a common scene. That Jesus uses it to teach some important things to the disciples about giving. Some scholars believe that in Jesus' day, that those who were very wealthy, when they would come to the temple, 
and prepare to give their contribution to the treasury. They'd get in a long line and go up one by one and put money in. The really wealthy people would make sure that they had someone there to announce them. And sometimes they'd hire somebody to blow a trumpet to make sure everybody looked. And then they would make their contribution to the oohs and ahs of the crowd around them. They loved knowing that other people knew that they gave a bunch of money that day at the temple. And they became very powerful because of this in the religious circles of the day. They followed the law to the letter. The law said tithe 10%, they gave 10%. The law said make these sacrifices, they gave sacrifices perfectly to the letter of the law. You could ask them any God question, they would know the answer. And because of that, they had a very prominent place in society and a very powerful place in society. They wore very plush and royal robes so everyone knew who they were and what their station was. Anytime someone saw them, not just in the temple, but in the streets or in the marketplace, they were greeted very reverently and very respectfully. When they came to the temple or to the synagogue, they were immediately ushered to the very best seats in the house. And they were always invited to all the right parties and all the right dinners and all the right special occasions. So Jesus is sitting there with the disciples, watching people file by, watching these people in particular file by. Everybody noticed them. They made sure of it with the trumpet and the announcement. But something happened that nobody seemed to have noticed but Jesus. He notices a widow, an older woman who was the embodiment of vulnerability and dependence in Jesus' day and time. He sees her. He really sees her. She's being bumped and ignored as she tries to wait patiently to give her gift. I have no doubt that there were some rolling eyes and some snide remarks as she tried to make her way to the treasury. Can we picture her as she reaches her gnarled hand in a tattered little purse and her fingers are searching for something to give and all she finds is two little dark coins and she pulls them out and I can imagine her staring at them for a moment and it's hard for anyone to notice and to discern if that's a look of hope or a look of resignation on her face and then she drops in her pennies and quietly disappears Jesus gathers up the disciples and said, did you see that? That's what giving is all about. She didn't give out of her abundance. She gave out of her need, out of her poverty. She gave everything she had. 
there are two important things that we need to remember as we hear this story. The first one is, nobody asked the widow to give everything she had. The law only required her to give 10%, not 100%. So what Jesus saw in her was someone who was acting out of a place very different than recognition like those before her with the trumpets sounding, operating from a very different place from those who were just trying to mark the box and keep the letter of the law. Jesus saw in this woman someone acting from a deep, deep place in her heart and her soul, a place of trust and a place of love for God and a place of faith. And I have to tell you, I've read this story ever since I was a little child, and I never read it that I'm not humbled and a little bit ashamed of myself to realize the place this woman acted from in her heart and in her faith. This was purely a gift of love and a statement of how much she trusted God. The second thing we need to remember is that nowhere in the Bible does it say that having a lot is a bad thing. Nowhere does it say that if you have a lot of stuff, that's a bad thing. In fact, the Bible leads us to a very different place. It says if we're blessed with a lot of stuff, we are blessed with the opportunity to be a blessing to other people and to make a difference in the world as Jacob shared on his testimony through the video. Our faith teaches that there are blessings that come with receiving and there are blessings that come with giving. And Jesus sees this woman and calls the disciples to live in a place where they can receive the blessing of giving. So the question for disciples all these years later is how am I investing my money? How am I investing what I have? When we practice generosity, when we give, if we move in our life toward tithing or whether we practice that spiritual discipline, we are blessed in our giving. I don't believe there's any place in the world that we can invest our money that is more important than in the work of God through our church. We are blessed when we give by providing a place through which people can encounter Jesus in a life-changing way. By investing our money here, we provide a new family where people can find healing for their broken lives. We provide experiences where children learn about God's love and learn to love God back. And we are blessed in that just today, three baptisms this Sunday, of lives entrusted to us. When we give here, we provide a space where our young people can wrestle with the real questions of faith and the hard decisions about who they're going to be 
and how they're going to live. A place where all can belong and matter and be loved. When we invest in this place, we model for the world a different way of living than the world offers. In this time of hate and violence and bigotry, we invest in an alternate way, a way of compassion and love and kindness and grace. Where else can we accomplish so much with what we invest? You know, my family is just like yours. We invest in our retirement accounts. We're investing in paying off our house. We invest in all the things to try to prepare for what lies ahead in the next chapter of our life. But our priority investment is here because we get to be a part of what God is doing here. And I never get tired of that blessing in my life to know that I'm a part of your life and you're a part of mine and we're a part of all the kids and youth and everyone who comes through these doors because together we invest and God blesses our investment. So, here we are. As we move toward our commitment Sunday, let's all be prayerful about what we're going to invest financially in this place in 2020. Knowing that when we come from a place of trust and of love and of faith, God will bless that. And we'll be blessed for having been a part of God's work in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.